Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Diecast Movie Podcast. My name is Michaela Turk, and I'm joined here with my dad, Steve, and my brother, Ben. And this week, we brought you an episode about... We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast for an important news bulletin. This podcast contains spoiler warnings. Spoiler warnings. We will disclose the plot and key events of this movie we are about to review. If you have not seen said movie as listed in the title, please refrain from watching the podcast if you are afraid of spoilers. Thank you very much and enjoy the show. Thank you for that wonderful spoiler warning. Now, for this episode, we are going to be reviewing the movie Killing Gunther. But I think, Dad, you first have some feedback you wanted to read for our audience. Yes, we got some feedback from episode 50, our Tucker and Dale versus Evil episode from Alistair Hughes, friend of the show from New Zealand. And it has actually nothing to do with the movie that was discussed then, but a movie that was brought up during that discussion. And I'll go right into it. First, he does talk about the episode. Loved it. And here's some gentle advice for the lovely Ben. Dear Ben, no need to apologize. You've obviously come under the influence of red electroid propaganda, and the Banzai Institute is here to help you. It's hard for we monkey boys to grasp, but Buckaroo and the Hong Kong Cavaliers' adventures across all eight dimensions transcend our flimsy human concepts of good or bad or even coherent storytelling. They have saved our reality more times than we can count, although many people, like yourself, remain in a state of blissful ignorance and under the illusion that this 1984 docudrama was a mere work of fiction. One day you may need rescuing by the Blue Blaze Irregulars or even the Rug Suckers. And when that time comes, you'll finally realize how much Buckaroo, Perfect Tommy, New Jersey, and the rest do for you I'm sorry, and the rest do for do for us all. And only then will you truly appreciate that this film gives humanity the greatest cast of characters ever assembled in cinema history. And even more importantly, that no matter where you go, there you are. Thank you, Alistair, for that feedback. Do you have anything you want to you wanna say, Ben, or are you just... Uh, I think everybody is entitled to their own opinions regarding, well, everything. And personally, I don't really like the movie The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Um, we could discuss that more if you ever want to come on and review the episode with us, Alistair. You mean the movie, not the episode. That, yes, that's what I meant to say. Alistair, the ball's in your court. Are you going to come and we can do Buckaroo Banzai with you? Okay, and so we're going to move on, and I believe this movie was picked by Dan, and it was, uh, he got, he rolled action? Yes, I rolled action. Yep, you rolled an action <laughs> movie. So do you want to tell us a little bit about maybe why you picked the movie? I picked Killing Gumford because I saw it when it first came out on, um, I think it came directly on Netflix about four years ago, three years ago, something like that. And it had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, so that just drew me right to it because I like Arnold Schwarzenegger's movies and, you know, enjoy his style of um, acting and the, the adventure movies. And it's an adventure comedy and done in a um, documentary-style way, and it was just a, a rather enjoyable, and I wanted 
where I rolled action, I thought, well, you two haven't seen it. And I said, I don't, I don't think a lot of people know about this movie. So I wanted to draw more attention to Killing Gunther. Yep, and to give you guys a brief summary of the movie, um, Killing Gunther was a 2017 mockumentary action comedy. Um, it's about this group of assassins that are all trying to kill this, like, top-of-the-line, like, first-rate, like, the best of the best assassins who is just known by his, uh, like, alias. moniker, alias Gunther. And so they basically have... a uh, hijacked these documentary people and are forcing them to film them as they go and try to kill Gunther. And uh, here is the trailer for that movie. I hope you all enjoy it. Gunther may be the most feared hitman working in the industry today. If you want to be king, you have to kill the king. Everyone knows who he is. Gunther. Gunther. Gunther's Where is Gunther? I'm right here. <laughs> Guess who? He's the greatest hitman ever. Bullseye. I will be the guy who killed Gunther. I put together an unstoppable team. Just erase that. I'm Donald Piznowski. We're Boom Boom. I'm trying to get that started. Boom goes the dynamite. My name is Sanat Perusa. My first professional kill was at the age of eight. Did you see that jump? That's my little girl! This is, is that I crush things. And then there's our secret weapon. The friggin' Bella Kalakova twins! You love it here. I need to find a window. When I found out that there were a bunch of assassins trying to kill me, I got pissed off. Been a bit of a rocky start. I want to kill him even more now. Let's go. We're in way over our heads. FBI, I would like to report the hitman. You ratted me out to the FBI? Yes. I am going to kill him. <laughs> well, you're going to try to kill him again. Will you? We gotta be on our toes. Okay, I think it's done. They're gonna get terminated. That I can tell you. Go ahead, kill me. And that was the trailer for a killing Gunther. Just so everybody knows, this is your very Last spoiler warning. From this point on, we will have several spoilers. You have yeah. been warned. We'll go ahead and give you about five seconds if you're going to turn it off. Um, now is the time to do so. And we're going to start with the spoilers now. So, who wants to start with what they liked about the movie? Ben, why don't you go first? Since you're alphabetically first. I think one of the things I enjoyed most about this film was that it was shot in a mockumentary style. I think it brought a lot to the film. Um, yes, I think it also saved them on budget, which is probably very nice for them. But it puts you more in the view of the movie, kind of similar to what they did in the first Cloverfield film, but on a much smaller scale. 
Yeah, Mikhail just shrugged. I don't think she's seen the first Cloverfield movie. Uh, that was shot with found footage, and it, this was very similar to that. Uh, another part that I liked was that all the cast members were extremely interesting and had good social dynamics and excellent deaths. I'm just going to talk a little bit about the first thing you were talking about, how it was filmed in like a documentary, mockumentary type style. Um, I enjoyed that because it also is along the same kind of line of like a first person play it like a first person game player game sort of that would be a third person third per- game because you're staring at the main character well no it's more so it was almost like if there was an episode of survivor but everyone was trying to kill each other because you even no. get the asides and everything well they do have asides but it's more so like you're there like it's kind of from the perspective of you looking in at it instead of like because they fully acknowledge that the camera is there. They fully acknowledge the person looking through the camera and, like, the viewpoint of it. So it's more like you're actually seeing it than they, like, there's the fourth wall in place. Similar to The Office and yeah. those type of TV shows that use that. I mean, yeah. I think I think done, done very well. Yeah, I agree. And what I liked about it is when we find out the reveal that there's actually two crews Yes. Filming this, there's a there, there's the crew of these that's filming the assassins, and then there's Gunther's personal crew, filming his side of it, which we find out in the last um, act of the movie, all the stuff that Gunther's been doing, and that's when Arnold Schwarzenegger shines, baby shines. Oh, when he steals the show. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I mean, he gets he gets into it, and it's just. I mean, what can you say? I'm an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, and when you see him there, just just chewing the scenery, having fun, singing his song all the way along. You just gotta love it. Yes, this this might have been one of my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger performances that I've seen. Especially, you could see how much fun he has with it, and I don't think he gets to do that with a lot of the characters that he plays because they're usually like serious Terminators that are shooting things. And in this one, he's like, "Hand me the bazooka, please." Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a funny part. At at one point in the movie. Um, like the assassins that are going to go and try to kill Gunther have all gathered in this warehouse and they're like talking about their plan and they're like hyping themselves up kind of like a pep rally sort of thing, but for assassins. And um, Gunther has, of course, found them and like shoots this guy through the forehead. And so then all the other assassins are like, oh, what the heck? Gunther's here. Gunther's here. We got to get him. And then this one guy, um, the character's name is... Young Kui, yeah, Park Young Kui, Park yes. Young Kui, um, played by Aaron Yu, and so his whole thing is like poisons and like venoms, yeah, venoms and like killing people with poisony things, and so and he dressed he, like an alchemist from the Japanese games, always wearing the lab coat and throwing vials at stuff. Yeah, so so what he does is like Gunther's like on like the far building across the street from them. So he runs out of this warehouse and says, cover me. And he takes this tiny glass vial of poison and throws it. Of course, it only goes like... Ten yards tops. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was it didn't even good. make it across the street. The it, funny thing is they don't even know exactly where he is. He's just throwing it out there. Yeah. Because yeah. they haven't spotted him yet. So, oh. and then and then later on in the movie when you're seeing things from Gunther's side, Gunther's just like, did he just... Did he just throw a vial of poison at me? Give me the bazooka. And then he proceeds to bazooka them because that was a really dumb move. 
And Throwing now, a vial of poison? What was it going to do? I know. I, you, you also get the interesting dynamic of this scene because I believe it's Blake starts yelling at the film crew because they had turned off the camera so that they didn't just film everybody dying because <laughs> the bazooka was getting fired and they thought they were all going to die. Well, I think, cause I think uh, it was two reasons. One, they are running because the bazooka was being fired. Two, a bazooka just went off in the warehouse, and they're all knocked out, and he wakes up, and he goes, you guys stopped filming? And they're like, they're, they're at all days. Like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, we just had a bazooka shot. And he's like, I'm, I'm paying you to film everything. If you don't film everything, I'm going to kill you and all this other stuff. And uh, You get this very detailed moment of the camera crew going, oh, crap, what did we agree to? <laughs> yeah, man, and... Blake is played by Taryn Killam, who also directed and co-wrote, I mean, directed, wrote, and co-produced the movie. And um, so he is the star of the movie, I guess you could say. He's the main character. And he's the one that has the grudge about killing Gunther because... His girlfriend left him for Gunther. Well, his girlfriend left him and then ended up with Gunther. But in his mind, yes, his Gunther took his girl. But it was all because of his obsession with other things and not spending time with her. Basically he's a workaholic and he gets too involved in his assassin jobs. So he stops writing letters home and things like that. And it causes his relationship with his girlfriend to be strained. So she dumps him and he can't handle it. And I gotta say, I don't know if I've ever seen Taryn kill him in anything except this, but he did a great job in this movie. He did. It was, it was very interesting. Um, so Blake, kind of starts out at the beginning as like trying to pull off this kind of like suave assassin and you just see him throughout the movie just like deteriorate and become even more paranoid and like he's very self-absorbed is kind of the best way to describe him very like the world revolves around him when things aren't going the way he wants them to it's just awful and horrible and it's everybody else's fault but his fault that things are going wrong no i will say some of the things were clearly not his fault that's true some of them were not necessarily his fault however his actions led other people to make decisions which led to the outcome like yes he is supposed to be in charge he's supposed to be leading this group why they're letting him lead them i really don't know he must have had some sort of street cred going into this, but it's like he's definitely a follower, and it gets exposed by Gunther that Blake is uh, in over his head very quickly. Well, they're all in over their head. The only one, the only competent assassin out of this group of assassins trying to kill Gunther is um, Sana, played by um. Hannah Simone, and, and she is just total professional, does all the stuff. All these other ones are looking ridiculous. I don't think she's ever looked ridiculous in any of the um, fights. She's, she's always doing her job, and her number one fan is following her everywhere, which to me is just one of the funniest parts of the movie. Her, her dad is always there cheering her on. Like when she does a kill, he's, they, they show him in the kind of background, that's my girl, that's my girl. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. And then, um, so at the, like, the beginning of the movie, they have, I guess, the three kind of main assassin people that are trying to kill Gunther, which are Blake, Sanaa, and Donnie. Donnie. Oh, um, Donnie. 
Donnie didn't necessarily screw anything up, but he didn't really contribute much either. He like he contributed comedically. His skill set as an assassin was underutilized. He likes to blow things up. Yes, he's a former, um, I believe he said construction worker. Miner? Yeah, something like that. And he got his start in mining by blowing, or assassinating, by blowing up that jerk at work that he didn't like (laughs) for giving him too much crap. Yeah. But Donnie Donnie was definitely the teddy bear type character. He's got the beard, you know, it's... uh, I loved it when he tried to do the roll over the car. It was just, it was <laughs> yeah. just, why? And it did not work. He tried to pull a Dukes of Hazard and like slide across the car and just failed. Miserably. Failed. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then he points at the camera and goes, delete that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but of course, they, we, we get to see it all in its glory. And uh, and when he sets up this car bomb, because they think it's Gunther's car, and he's like, oh, we're going to blow it up. And he goes to hit the switch and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, all these other cars in the whole neighborhood start blowing up one after the other after the other because Gunther had pre-planned, planned, had figured out what they were going to do and planned all these other bombs to go off. Somehow he disabled Donnie's bomb. I don't know how he did it. It never really show, but he, he disabled it. He must have had like a signal blocker in the car or something, like a short-range one, because I think Donnie was trying to use a remote detonator. Detonator. So it must have been something like that. At least that's the only justification I can think of. But they all look like fools, except for one, which I already talked about. She always looks amazing. And um, her and Donnie fall in love, which now leads to her dad wanting to kill Donnie. (laughs) Not just wanting. He is chasing Donnie around. Literally, the first night that they're together, after drinking heavily, Sanaa and Donnie were together. And now her dad finds out he's chasing Donnie out of the hotel with a machete. And then Sanaa is chasing her dad, trying to get her dad to stop chasing Donnie. And Donnie's running so that her dad doesn't kill him. And Donnie is a big dude. But he's he can his move cardio pretty fast. <laughs> he's getting his cardio in. Uh, yes, yes, he is. Well, But also, I mean, Sanaa's father is a lot older, so there's, yes, there is yes, a balancing there, but... But yeah, if a guy's chasing with a machete, it's amazing how you could find that extra um, <laughs> st- uh, pep in your step. <laughs> yeah. And also, so at this point, um, most of the group of assassins are dead at that point. Yes. Um, the crusher was, has fallen. That's true. With that, oh, I think that, that was, was the part where the, sci- the poison dude dies. No, that was the car bombing. Yeah, one. yeah, the car bombing. Because yeah. he yes. ironically gets bit by a snake, <laughs> a venomous snake, and then he says, "This is what feels like to be poisoned. This sucks, or something like that." You know, he yeah. did not like it. You know, he's you know because his whole thing was about poison being more of um, beautiful, more beautiful, more sophisticated type side. And after he gets when he dies of poison, he realizes, nah, nah, it's not that good. <laughs> yeah, at least he realized it in the end. Should we? Give full cast character descriptions. Sure. Pick a character, Ben. We already, we already talked about a couple of them. Okay. Okay. So who do we have left? We do have you want to talk about Crusher? Crusher? Uh, you like Crusher. Crusher has an electronic robotic arm. Um, When it powers off, it closes his grip, thus preemptively showing us his undoing. Yes. It's also orange. It looked pretty dope. Um, Gabe, who is the tech guy and the computer nerd and all that stuff, 
oh, I liked Gabe. And Gabe, his death was so... <laughs> So Accident. arbitrary <laughs> that a tombstone lands on his head and crushes him at, at the funeral of Ashley. Of Ashley, who was never killed by Gunther, but he did blow the body up and take out Gabe. Ashley just <laughs> happened to die. He had like I think it was a heart attack and then a stroke and then died. And see, Gunther actually liked Ashley. That's all. It was kind of yeah, funny. So Ashley was like this older assassin dude who was Blake. He was Blake's old. Men- yeah, like real old. He was Blake's mentor. And I think Gunther at one point says that like Ashley might have been his mentor or they might have worked together or something. Um, but so like pretty early on in the thing, like Blake was kind of like relying heavily on like Ashley to like help lead the group. And then Ashley had a heart attack. And then... Like, they go back again to get Ashley out of the hospital, and then he has a stroke on the way out of the hospital. Then they go back again later, like, towards the middle-ish end part of the movie, and I think Ashley's finally recovered, and then as they're wheeling him out, he dies. In Blake's arms, while Blake is crying pitifully at his feet. Exactly. And so then they have his funeral, and Gunther blows up Ashley's body. And inadvertently taking out Gabe. Exactly. It should be stated at this point, um, Gunther has also reported Blake to the FBI. (laughs) For being a hitman. Yes. So he basically just ousts Blake. At that same part where they were doing the the blowing up of the cars, um, Gunther had, what was it, his driver and his 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 assistant. His assistant did this whole, this this tumbled out the thing, got through his driver and he drove him away and they killed both of them. And that's when he decided... I'm calling in Blake to the FBI so that everybody's looking for him and that kind of stuff. Yes, this was like the only time they successfully killed anyone as far as the And at that point, they thought they had killed Gunther. And it was a big celebration. Yeah, because I think it was Sinai shot out the tires of the car and then Donnie threw in a stick of dynamite and blew it up. They, they they shot it up, blew it up. They they made sure that nobody was alive, left left, left, left alive in there. Uh Uh-huh. And then they went and had a big party, and then that's when Sanaa and Donnie got together, and then, um... Oh, the, the Russian, the, the siblings get killed. Yeah. We never was talked it, about this, you never talked about the Russian jet. Was it Beryl and Mia? That sounds right. Yeah, so they're like... Twins. And it's, they kill people. And they're they're kind of like tourists, almost, like... Like psychotic tourists. Yeah, like this is their first time Psychopath to the states. Serial killers. They just want to go to Disney. Yeah, can't blame them. Disney's a lot of fun, but um, yeah. when Blake was recruiting, he plom- he promised them that if they came and helped, that they could go to Disney, and that's what got them there from Russia. And they, and they had a very close relationship because there was one time uh, Mia was dancing with. Somebody else at this party, and Gabe. she was drinking Gabe. with Gabe, and and you could see the brother looking over there, and he had his. Now you don't know whether it's um, like, you what are you doing with my sister? Like you know, I'm the brother, I'm protective, but it come to find out they're a little closer. Oh no, that was no, uh, a Gunther staged, staged Gunther. that for fun. I don't know. No, it says that no, in the part where yeah. it goes to Gunther's Gunther's version of the story. I think he they says, still oh, were a little do too this close. Just for fun. I think it was still a little. I. Yeah, I don't. Who think knows? So. They're dead. 
Yes, they die. Oh, I did like oh. the part where um, the, the male Russian guy, um, Barad, or Barad or whatever his name is, pulled, Barold? Yeah, Barold pulled out the, um, the pin of the grenade when they're getting all their weapons, and then he's like, oh, i got to look for a place to throw this out <laughs> to yep. get rid of it. Now, here's the other thing. One of my favorite parts. When you see Gunther's side of things, you start realizing that Arnold Schwarzenegger was disguised as all these different people throughout the whole story. Like the person they bought their weapons from. The girl that Blake thought he was getting with. It's like people that Arnold Schwarzenegger could never actually have pretended to be. But did in this movie. He's a master of disguise. And that theme continues throughout the movie. Yep, and, and, and I love it because when he when Blake gets told the backstory of that and he was playing the girl that Blake was kissing and all this other stuff, just before that he got them an expressos. And um I love when he gives Blake's expresso it has a, a skull on it. Mm-hmm. And he tells him, This is very hot. Let it cool off. And then he explains and then Blake wants to wash his mouth off. And he puts it up and it burns and he spits it out. He goes, I told you it was very hot. I mean, Gunfer had it all planned. He even knew what he was going to do. Honestly, if Arnold Schwarzenegger was a hitman, this is what I assume he would be like. This is, it's like, it's extraordinary. And then, so eventually, they do find out where Gunther is staying due to Blake's ex-girlfriend, Lisa? Lisa, yes. Lisa, yeah. Yes, Lisa doxed him. Yes. Due to Blake's ex-girlfriend, Lisa, who knew where Gunther lived and knew his real name because she had dated him before she knew he was Gunther, um, she ends up telling Blake in kind of like a moment of like remembering their lost relationship. An extreme pity. Yeah, lots of pity. Extreme pity. She tells him where Gunther is. And then he's able to convince Donnie and Sanaa to oh. go with him. No, he well, goes no, by himself. They end up showing alone. up. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's been a couple days since we've watched the movie. He was trying to get Donnie to come with him, but Donnie had, like, said he had other things he had to do at the time because he was still fleeing for his life and then found out that his... Now, girlfriend was pregnant. I think they found that after this part because that was in the epilogue. No, I think they found out at the funeral. No, they found out when when Blake was asking Donnie, Donnie was dressed as a girl, like a lady in a dress and everything, hiding from Sanaa's dad. And then I, I got, you got to you had to picture this now that you know it just does, it didn't the skies would never work. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so they met at a park, and then Sanaa's dad. Comes running up to them. I think he still has a sword. And then Sanaa comes running afterwards. And so then Donnie and like Sanaa's dad is chasing Donnie all kind of through the park. And then Sanaa just kind of yells at them, You can't kill him, dad, because I'm pregnant. I'm 100% sure that that happens at the funeral. Is it? The, I didn't think it was the funeral. I'm 100% sure it happens. No, because he was dressed in the girl's costume, I thought. No, that was the one time where he's chasing him before that. Then oh, we'll just to have to funeral. watch it again and we'll figure it out. Anyway, there's at some point where Sanaa tells her dad and Donnie and all that she's pregnant. And so Donnie and Sanaa kind of. They have an instantaneous go off. change of priorities. 
and thus are no longer planning to help Blake in any capacity. But they still do because because Donnie is his bro. Yep. And then they get captured by Gunther after breaking into his house, and that's when you find out about the second documentary crew. And what I love about it is Gunther had a a, a, a vision for his documentary to end, his film to end was going to end with Lisa and Blake together and everybody going off and being happy. And that was his ending. He had it all set up. He got Lisa there, which I don't exactly know how he did. Probably kidnapped her, but whatever. He got her there. And then Blake had to choose between Lisa or trying to still keep this vendetta on killing Gunther. And Blake did not choose Lisa. And then because of that, um, she leaves him after disabling a bunch of the cameramen. Yeah, she kills all of the cameramen, <laughs> all four of them. Well, just of course after Donnie and Sana got to leave, they got they both got. To they leave. they choose chose to stop trying to kill Gunther and go have their family and get married and live happily ever after. Yep. And by the way, these camera guys that Gunther had were all armed, and, and with, they're all hitmen. They're his crew. They're his crew. I don't know if they're I don't know if they were like hitmen, but they were definitely armed. They could have been bodyguards. They could have been something. They were definitely. Oh. Um, Willing to kill. Yes. And she takes them out rather easily. And then... Because um, she was a former hitman herself. Hit woman. And you get this really cool fight scene after that with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Taron Killam, where... Or Gunther and Blake. Where the... Uh, it's shot from the cameras that the bodyguard people were holding. Yes. So the cameras are getting hit while they're fighting and sliding around and spinning. But it's all edited to show you the whole story but you're also getting like the cabinets when one of them spins or watching them from real close and then the camera gets hit and now it's sliding backwards and it was it was a really cool way to shoot the scene and the cinematography in that scene was superb it was choreographed very well and Gunther was definitely in control of that fight most of the way through i mean he was just he was manhandling Blake. I mean, it was so obvious as you, you know, he was just doing, having his way. I mean, Blake ever so often got a blow in here or there, but it was, Gunther was for the most part of control. really. And the only thing that saved Blake was the police showing up. And, and of course, how did Arnold Schwarzenegger's character get away? He got into the chopper. Yes. He took the chopper. (laughs) This was literally like a single police siren is heard in the distance instantly Gunther's out of there. He just disappeared. (laughs) uh, Blake was turning and looking around. I was like, where did he go? And it was like, boom, he's gone. And here's the chopper. And he tried to shoot at the chopper. And he's like, he took the chopper. And then the movie kind of goes to like a couple months, like maybe a year. The baby was born. So it had to be like a year later. Like like a year later. Um, And it's the, so it's Blake's film crew. Gunther had like let them go. And so they left and, like, went back to their normal lives. But then, like, a year later, they, like, caught up with Donnie and Sanaa and, like, their cute little baby. She was really cute. And finally, Sanaa realized the way to get her father from following her around and be that was to have a baby. And now he's the number one granddad. Yep. (laughs) Yes. And so they're catching up with everybody, and they go, and they find Gunther. And they're catching up with Gunther. Who's helping people make, um, um farm and all this other stuff yes. in Austria. He moved back to Austria and he was starting a community farm like how sometimes in the city they'll have a block that's open and they'll just make it into like a community farming herb garden area. He helped them do that. 
I think, was he wearing later hose? <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, yeah. It was hilarious. It was probably some of the best Arnold Schwarzenegger scenes I've ever seen come in this part of the movie. He stopped being a hitman and, and started a singing career. Country yes. music. Of yes. course. Uh, and then he sings his song. It's the end credit song. It's, yes. it's really it's, funny. It's kind of hilarious. No, it is hilarious. It's not just kind of hilarious. It is hilarious. I mean, because Arnold Schwarzenegger can't sing. I can't also, sing. The lyrics to the song are it's, what makes it great. So if you listen to it, it's just, it's just, it brings a smile to your face because, you know, it's obviously being played for laughs and it's perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. But Blake comes Apparently back. isn't gone. <laughs> um, yeah. So you haven't seen, they haven't interviewed Blake yet. And Gunther goes, by the way, how did you guys even find me? And then take it away, Michaela. So, like, once the crew is finished with, like, Gunther's interview and he's asking them, like, how they found him and stuff. And then he's like, did you guys ever find Blake? And they're like, nope, never found him. Haven't haven't heard from him. And he's like, oh, okay. And then off in the distance, you see this person running in. And then you hear this gunshot. And it's Blake with crazy hair and a really long beard. Kind of looks like he's been living under a rock for a while. Kind of looked like Ted Kaczynski. And he's like, I did it. I did it. I killed Gunther. And then the camera crew is like, can we, can we leave now, please? And then you just hear this beeping. And then Blake goes over and looks at Gunther, and Gunther has a suicide bomb strapped to him. Goes off and, and takes out the words. crew and Blake. Blake's last words were, damn, he's good. <laughs> but... Did it kill Gunther? No, it did not. Oh, we forgot to mention one other thing. During the epilogue, it shows Lisa getting married. Who introduced her to her betrothed? Gunther. Disguised as a sweet old lady. Yep. Because, again, he's the master of disguise. and um, But he gets away, and then they show a press conference talking about the events, and you see him in the, him in the, um, the crowd. Yep, him in the crowd of reporters, and he asks a question to the person giving the speech. And it's a speech about the, like, an announcement about Gunther's death and, like, what happened and the explosion and everything. Yes. And then after his question, he turns to the camera and winks. How did, and by the way, that's the, that's the only time when he's in disguise when you know it's him. I mean, the rest of the time you don't know it's him, except... Except he, like, there's a he wink. tells you. So he tells you. But in that one, it's obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger wearing um, a wig and stuff like that and everything. So you can tell. So you all, everybody knows it's him. Yeah. Because you can't kill Arnold Schwarzenegger in a killing gun for a movie. That's just not right. He'll be back. Exactly. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this movie a lot. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to talk about in the, about in the movie? Or do we want to? Move along to like recommends or I'm ready to move to recommends if you guys are. Well, like I said, I recommend it because I picked this movie for you two to watch. So I recommend it. If people are looking for an action comedy, it's on Netflix, you know, Killing Gunfer. It's uh it's it's a nice way to pass the time and uh if you're an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, you should have already seen this. Um, I would also recommend this movie. In fact I have recommend recommended this movie to a coworker of mine. Um, I don't know if she's watched it yet because I haven't seen her at work since I recommended it to her. But um, 
it's good. It's kind of like a dark action comedy type thing. Um, we even got our mom to watch it, which yes, she doesn't do how, action movies, but she enjoyed it. So um, it's good. It's funny. Um, I definitely would recommend this movie. And this is going to be a shout out to you, Alistair. I would give it all eight dimensions of the Buckaroo Banzai dimensions. Um, yeah, it's it's a great movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger at his finest. Also, I got to say, I had never heard of Taron Killam before this, and he just owned it. I don't know if he's done other films, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more from his career as well. And so thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Now, because this was a die roll episode, we are going to roll the die and see who gets to pick the next movie and then which genre they get to pick from. So here we go. And it is Steven 1. And the category is animation. All right. Now, folks, uh, it's been a while since we've had... A person get two rolls in a row. So to give you a reminder, Dad will be picking the next animate movie and it'll be animation. But the next time we roll the dice, he will not be eligible to be picked for the movie picker. So Ben and I will divide up Dad's names on the die. And one of us will get to pick the next movie after Dad. So I got animation. Do you guys consider Pete's Dragon animation because it's part live action, part animation? Do you consider that to qualify? No. I do. That's two to three. It's going to be Pete's Dragon. It it has animation in it, Ben. But it's not an animated movie. It has animation in the movie. The category is animation, not animated movie. Two to three, okay. you lose. It's the way it is. It's Pete's Dragon, one of my favorite, favorite films. So we hope you guys look forward to that uh, episode and stick around and see which movie we'll pick next.